Shall be done old grad podcast where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United States Military Academy class of 1991. The duty shall be done old grad podcast with your host Jamie Schleck starts now. So we're live. We are. We're live. We're live. Oh, yes, we are up. We're with the old grad podcast right now. This yep. is episode six. Uh, we were going to do it from uh, AUSA, but change of plans, the A, you get turned on the volume on that, yep, right? Yeah, I got it, yeah. So, a change in plans, we decided to move it up here to uh, 91 headquarters. I was down in D.C. this morning, uh, so the original plan was to, was to do it after the Army 10-miler, but the person I was going to do was not able to do it, so we have another mystery guest, which uh, he was able to make it up here to West Point. And so we're going to play a little 21 questions here. But first, I think we need to do a toast to toast? Jamie. Okay. Because he finished the Army 10 Mile. I did. I this is the yet. third in his My series, in his my series. series of, of events. The, the Leading up to his 50th. Yeah. It's his third. So yeah. now you can turn 50 or you got one more? I, no, I got a couple more. I got oh, a couple okay. more. So I, there's, there's talk of, oh, well, there's, the, there's the boar hunt with the sword. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Do you need yeah, to wear this too? I'm going to wear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Warhound with the sword, and then there's there, there may be a couple other uh, couple other events. We'll see that. We're, but uh, our, running the Army Ten Mile was one of them. So it was it was a hot, brutal day today. It's yeah. hot up here right now. But it, I bet it was hot. Yeah, it was very, very hot. Very, very. Do so you need a beer? I do. If we can get one, I'll take care of it. All right. Good. Good deal. So, um, so we have one question that was already asked by Scott Clemenson, which was that is he a man? Like uh, like making fun of the the uh, that bad T-shirt that we did for the Army Navy game. Yeah. So he is a man. He is a he is a uh, he is a, a male. Man. We have a male, and he is our classmate. Yeah. Um, any other questions that we have about? Any other questions? Write them in. God, this this light is hot right here. I'm like, I feel like is I'm it? sweating right now. Do we need yeah. to switch? Do you want to switch no, places? No, 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 I'm not no, no, hot. No. Switch places. You move it back. Maybe not, uh, maybe move it back. Yeah, let's see. see if you move it back, and we'll see. Yeah, okay. Mine is kind of yeah. coming in. I don't know. You know what? Mark, go kick all those boys off our Wi-Fi. Tom, they all have to get off the Wi-Fi. That's probably all, what it is. They're all playing like uh, Fortnite, whatever. Kick yeah. them all off because we didn't have this problem. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have questions coming in about who, who, who No, who well, mine, is, mine right. is kind of spinning. So I don't know. It shows that we're live. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll ask the first question. You okay. can just yes or no question, right? Are you active duty right now? No, not active duty. Okay. All right. I will ask a question. Oh, here's a question. Um, oh, someone else said my video is also pausing, so we're not the only ones. Um, is he? Oh, no. Someone said, are you going to sleep well tonight? Am I going to sleep well tonight? Yes. That, so that Probably. was a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sleep well. Yeah, but we're asking questions about our mystery guest. Yeah. Yeah, so they did say it was pausing on their end a little bit. The video? Um, okay. But hopefully it's, I mean, we're on Wi-Fi, I'm not on Wi-Fi here, I'm on, uh, I'm on so cellular. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, so, oh, that's Mark's, just turn down that volume. Yeah. Okay, we're having a little technical difficulties. Um, so my question is, it's got to be yes is, or no question. Right. Yes or no question. Do you like to drink beer? 
He likes okay, to drink he likes beer. beer. Okay. okay, there we go. Okay. I have a question for you. Were you in first reg? No. Thank you. Okay, Mark, you got a question for him? Um, sure. So we know he's a man. We know he likes beer. We know he was... In first race. He's not on active duty. He's not on active duty. Um, hmm. Was he in company A4 as a cadet? No. No. That was a very specific question. Somebody, somebody thought that... They knew who he was. But yeah, someone someone was guessing. I wonder why they picked A4. Hmm. That's, well, were you in fourth reg? Fourth reg. We got okay. fourth reg. He's in fourth reg. Okay. I mean, is that six? Uh, oh, here's a good one. What? From Terry Rice. Were you a century man? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> and now this person that, that, says. That narrows it down here. Okay, because someone put more than 100 hours, so I will add to that and say more than 150 hours? Okay, there you go. So we bracketed it between 100. Okay, someone just said, what state is he from? It has to be yes or no, because be yes this person no. can't talk. Fitzy just piped off. Let me ask you a question. Is there a reason oh, here's, why here's this here's person a good can't one. talk? This is a good one. All right. This is a very good one. Was he involved in stealing the goat? Oh, there you go. Here's another one. Did he play football at West Point? Okay. And then someone said, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Someone said, does he have Holly? Does he have a Holly nickname? Meaning that, do I have a nickname for you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Someone else asked a question. We don't know what that is. Keep asking questions. I got, I got one. Okay. Um, is, his, uh, is his name tag from our reunion on our... Uh, on our um, crest. On, on the, on is he crest. on the crest? There is you he go. On the crest. On the crest. He's on the crest. That's what I'm talking about. There you oh, go. That, that narrows it down. That narrows right. it down because we talked about that last time. Yeah. So if you're a frequent follower of the podcast, I you think might we're know. like that's like 12 or 13. Okay, yeah. so now someone just said, was he in third battalion? I think we got that he was in what he was regiment? In, he was in fourth, fourth regiment. Okay, was he in third battalion, fourth regiment? He's got to think about that. You have to think about that. <laughs> Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> Not in third battalion. All right, we'll call that 14. Yeah, okay. Because you got seven okay. questions 14. left. 14, come on, guys. Seven Keep left. Asking. Was seven he left. at the 20th reunion? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because Six I left. think that was the name tag, although they, they have the name tags from year to year. Mm -hmm. Someone just said, is his badge on your wall? Yes. yes it Five is. questions left. No, we already, you already asked We're that not question. zooming right. in. Okay, I won't count that. So yeah, six yeah. left. Six left. We are not zooming in on the badge, though. No, we're I'm technically challenged here. We're not mm -hmm. zooming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're not moving anything. If it's working, we're not changing anything. That's right. No, we're not zooming in. We're not zooming in. Did he play a core squad sport? No. Ah, look at that. Uh, five questions left. Five questions left. Five Who questions. is going Hold to on. get it? Is there a reason why we're not allowing him to speak? No? <laughs> okay, well. Maybe. Does he have a very distinctive voice? Mm. Yes. I would think so. Maybe yeah. I could say, is the reason you're not drinking a beer right now because you're a lightweight? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll say four left. Four Come questions. on, guys, get some questions. Come on. 
We've narrowed it down to third battalion, fourth red. No, right? it's not third. Well, not third battalion. So it's first or first or second battalion, fourth red. I can see why people don't know. People don't know. You no, can't, you can you can't really see. see. No, you can't tell. You can't tell. No, I can see why you wouldn't know. Come on, any more questions? Why, is it just bad lighting? Is the lighting? No, no, no. Out? It's is because it, of that. Okay. Yes, it is because of that. Are there any more questions? Come on, guys. This is easy. You guys can figure this out. It's easy. It is easy. Yes, it is exactly. very easy. Very easy. It's very easy. Okay, maybe I'll ask another question. Is it, what, um, is it easy, like easy, easy? Maybe. Yeah. Very easy, I think. Yeah, could um, be. How about, have you ever been to Army-Navy after we graduated? Okay, there we go. So we can, got I, can I mention anything about Ebenezer? Mm. <laughs> oh, we've got someone who guessed. Who's it? Does it? No, oh. it was first. It was Alex Rogers, and oh. then it was Cami Ayanako. Was that? Um, they both. Alex Rogers guessed Pete Garday, but Cami guessed Easy Pete, and Fitzy's still way behind. He said, "What branch?" <laughs> <laughs> it is Easy Pete. Fitzy, come on, Easy Pete. Okay, you you say, right. It is Easy. It is easy pee. Yes, there we go. Sir. Someone, thought, right. someone yeah. thought it was Johnny Richardson. That might that would be a that very would have been good, a good one. But active active duty would have that was the first question. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There we go. It's it's hot underneath all that. Mark, can you get and easy pee a beer? Really hot too. <laughs> What's that? I think easy pee needs a beer. <laughs> we'll pretend. That's right. We're. Uh... We're both approaching, we're all approaching 50, and uh, I'm on a training mission. <laughs> training mission? What's, training what, mission? What's your training mission? I'm doing no bread, no alcohol, no dessert, and we all know how much I love to drink. No alcohol? Yeah. No, I just offered you. I, I was. Know. I mean, I, I was sick. I know. No, no alcohol, alcohol, no beer. I call it, say away oh, from we'll bad, B-A-D, bread, you alcohol, might, dessert. You might be leaving soon, I'm not sure. So we'll just come and tell us before you leave. Yeah, you let us know before you leave. What's up? So yeah, everyone out there in TV land, I was out on a business trip in Asia, and uh, I decided that I was sweating in an air-conditioned environment, and I was like, I think I'm fat. So I said, I don't want to be fat, I can't be fat, I'm a West Point guy. So I went back, and I flipped the switch, and I said, I'm not going to do bread, alcohol, dessert for uh, a month and a half, and I lost 20 pounds, and I'm going to lose another 15 pounds. And you. then I'm going to drink like fish at Army Navy by the time I'm 100 pounds. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm to get down to 200 pounds. Maybe I'll do that with you actually, yeah, after I have this beer. <laughs> so, so I'm quitting tomorrow. I will tell you that my story is that the reason why I drink beer yeah. is because when I went to Afghanistan, I was sitting there going, oh, everyone goes to Afghanistan, they lose all this weight, I'm going to lose all this weight. And so I go over there and I wouldn't lose any weight. And I was just like, what the hell? Why is everyone losing weight? And I wasn't really working out, so then I started working out and started working out a lot more, and then I lost weight. But then I realized it's not the beer. No, stop the beer. So I can stop drinking beer and I don't lose weight. So therefore, why stop? Exactly. So that's my exactly. that's my that's so exactly. If you would be like that, you'd probably well, number one, you don't need to lose weight. Period. Right, but that's why I don't. So my I've done my little study, my two control groups, and now I said I don't need to stop drinking beer. Right, exactly. You got to know what the variables are, and the beer exactly. variable no impact on you. I exactly. I got it. So this is episode six. We've done. Uh, we've been doing this now since since beginning of July. Six 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 six. No, okay. this is episode six, not six six six. Although you could be the devil. <laughs> I, I, I would I would not I would not run that past you. 
Um, and so this has been a, a great opportunity for us to, to have conversations among our classmates and to continue to foster great relationships. It's also been, the idea originally has been to also highlight uh, our class gift. Uh, we are, we have a, we're approaching our 30th reunion in another 30 months or so. We have a goal of being at 91%. Um, company E4, you guys are something way less than 91%. So, All right, we got a mission. You got a mission, yeah. So B2 is pretty good. B2 is uh, doing good. They're so like a high A4? zero. A4 is also a high zero. You guys yeah. are both at about 75 and 66 percent, mm -hmm. uh, respectively. It's a fourth reg thing. It's a fourth reg. Well, no, I mean, uh, B4 is doing, B4 B4 is doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so our class gift is we're, we're endowing the chair at the Cyber Institute, which is, you know, Andy, Andy Hall, our classmate, is the, uh, is the, the uh, chair, I guess, of the mm -hmm. Cyber Institute, and listen uh, to the podcast. Great mm -hmm. Listen to the podcast and talk about the the importance and the significance of that role, but and also the relevance of our class gift, which I think is you know so great. It's beyond a statue or some other kind of you know uh, pomp and circumstance. This is actually a functional thing. Is uh, is endowing that chair, and so it's important for us as a class to kind of rally together identify people that have not given and find ways to kind of improve our our participation and I don't care how much people give whether it's nineteen dollars and ninety one cents or you know uh, nineteen hundred dollars and ninety nineteen ninety one or whatever I mean um, whatever you give is as much as you can give is, is fine but we really want to increase our, our participation and then of course uh, the other reason why we have in this podcast is to remember our fallen classmates and, uh, and we're necessary to highlight uh, achievements of our classmates and to also lift each other up. And so th those are the reasons why we're doing this podcast. It's been well received now. We've been doing, I've been doing it for a couple months. Uh, we said we would do it through the end of the year and kind of reassess where we are and figure out if we're going to continue or not. So our, next podcast, our next one is going to be on location at Carlisle Barracks uh, in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be meeting the whole crew there that's there at Carlisle Barracks. So it should be a good time. And then... Uh, a few other ones before the end of the year, so it's, it's going to be a good time. So cool. Easy Pete, Easy Pete is our is our guest here and for episode number six. So, what? Tell me the name, Easy Pete. How did you get that? How did you get that nickname of Easy? Well, God rest his soul, Tiny McTeague gave me that name many many years ago. We were cadets, and uh, it's a long story. Uh, but Tom was, uh, everyone thinks it's easy Pete because I'm low key, but Tom McTeague was actually saying easy Pete, easy Pete. He was tying me down when we were doing something that was uh, needed to be calmed down. So you were cadets at the time? We were cadets. We were cadets. I want to say it was first of the year. Uh, Brooksy Creation, Fitz, um, who else? Norm Kendron, Eggs, a bunch of guys, uh, Ron Bonkamp. And uh, we were all going down to D.C. And uh, I know this is going to shock you, Jamie, but uh, we got a little wild. You got a little wild. We did. A little did, bit. did the uh, tiny? Did tiny the uh, did the tie get put on the side of the, the side <laughs> of the head or? or that came or way later. Really? The tie on the head. I'm was, sweating uh, like a orange shirt, by the way. Does he want to switch? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I yeah. That's I'm, that's I'm like, switch, Jamie. Yeah, I'm like, switch. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, this is so. In the hard. meantime, easy. Yeah. Show me, show me your name tag. There we go. I'm not hot at all. All right. Watch it. I'm gonna throw it on right now. I'm gonna bust out the name tag. There you go. Wow, it's like so freaking hot right there. Jamie, you want to wear yours too? All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll put mine on. Right there. There we go. There we go. All we right. just all kind of reminisce, pretend. All right. 
Oh, you got Dan Shackleton. I got Dan Shackleton. I got a nice breeze right here too. This is my uh, my Army ten miler run from today. So oh, cool. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you got I mean, the breeze. Like it's like a sweat rag. Oh, nice. So like, while uh, Jamie is driving yeah, so far, cow. one plug if you have not plugged into the um, to the class Facebook page, we've got the class flash store open, so you can buy your. Your class of 91 gear for one more week. Um, we'll kind of do an evaluation it on Thursday. Uh oh, Easy Pete's getting Someone's a phone call. Calling Someone's you. calling. Yeah. calling. Oh, um, okay. Anyway, so you can still order. Uh, keep going, it'll come directly to your house. Put it on your visa. Wear it, it's pretty cool with an A and the 91 in it so you can represent. And then the tailgate. It is like 15 degrees cooler right here. It's like, I can't believe how much. But I'm, I'm okay right here. Yeah. You're still sweating oh, from the race. Yeah. Oh my God. So anyway. So, so anyway, going back to the uh, Tom McTeague. Uh, Tommy, love you. And uh, he gave me the nickname Easy Pete. So I love Easy Pete because it reminds me of Tommy. And uh, Mark, go check those kids. They said the comments uh, out. Get them off. And it was myself and uh, Ron Baumkamp were allegedly trying to take a, uh, a fire truck for a test drive. You know, we want to make sure that it was functional. It was, uh, everything was okay, and Tommy was like, easy, Pete, easy, you know. You don't need to check uh, the Dash 10 for the fire truck and you know, make sure it's okay. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, it's been so many years now, I don't remember, but, uh, you know, you gotta, Stuck. I'm all about safety. Something I've always sick. been about safety. It's everybody's job, safety. Exactly. It's everybody's job. Uh-oh. Exactly. says the video just went completely down. Mm. How about the audio, though? Is the, Is audio, the audio, audio still good? As long as we got audio, you don't need to see us. My video is going bad on this, and last time the video was great. Yeah, you know, let me let me just see something here on this. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm connected on the only on the because yeah, it stopped. No, it's still going. It says live. The seat is hot from Jamie sitting there. It is. I'm the only one drinking beer, so I kind of. All right, now we're on. Now we're on. I'm the designated drinker here. Thank you. You're the last one. Oh, of course you are. You're doing something. Young bucks. All right, your your dad just got on. No, he's not. Yes, he did. Oh, that's easy. Bring him in here. We got we got we got legacy cadets here. We got legacy. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Here. The big 91 family here. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Keegan, congratulations on beating Navy. I saw that. Uh, it was awesome. What a way, yeah. what a way cool. to what a way to be a uh, leader on that team. Thank awesome. you. Excellent. And so this is Patrick. You want to introduce yeah. yourself? You yeah. haven't played Navy? No, we haven't yet. So Patrick Cowley, I'm on the water polo team uh, here at West Point. Son of Sean Cowley is an F3 91. Um, I don't remember no. him being as big as you are, though. No. You know, no. No. Him? No. He's, he he yeah. says it's because he was a wrestler and he like you know didn't eat enough to become that big. But uh, well, tell him how yeah, the well, commandant exactly. liked your swim trunks. Tell, Go ahead, story. tell us the story. <laughs> <laughs> the commandant didn't like my swim trunks actually. Um, so I play water polo and I basically play like in basketball the center except for water polo. And so, like, people are tugging and pulling all the time, and it's it's a pretty dirty sport. <laughs> Guys pulling on each other's trunks. Exactly. So, I got to wear a pretty small suit, because otherwise they're just going to pull it straight off of me. And we played our game against Cornell a couple weeks ago, which is our biggest, like, interleague game of the season. And so I'm wearing a pretty small suit. I get out of the water. I score, like, half of our goals for the game. It's one of my better games that I've had here. 
And the calm like pulls me aside. He goes, "Hey, you know, great game, son. Like all this stuff." And I'm like, "All right, you know, feeling good about myself." And he goes. We gotta talk about that swimsuit though. And I was like, oh no. He goes, you need to get a bigger one. I, I tried to explain to him, like, sir, you know, it's, I, I have to wear it smaller or else it's gonna get pulled off of me. And he you goes, said, sir, it's in the jeans. Yeah, you know, exactly. And he, go, he goes, no, you don't have to wear it smaller. You need to get a bigger swimsuit. So I got a bigger swimsuit the next day and yeah. we're back. So Tom was checking him out. Tom was checking him out. Tom was checking him out. Checking him out. Like, son, I see those cow genetics. Sean can be very proud. Sean is telling his son to get a bigger swimsuit. He's right now. He's very proud. Proud. Sean, you're getting dived out. Yes. <laughs> that happened to uh, Brian Sharp, actually. His uh, Jim A got too tight because he got a little more full figured as a person. <laughs> and General Austin stopped him. And he's like, What's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> too tight. Too tight. Yeah. So. And you won the game, too. We did. We did. We beat him. By a lot. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's all that should have happened. General you know, failed to say, you know, son, I was looking at you the whole game. Mm. You <laughs> great. <laughs> 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 Looked a little too great. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys in the same company? We are not. No, no we're, we're not. not. I'm, I'm A2 and um, he's B1. B1. So okay. We've known each other through our through parents, together, yeah, yeah, parents right. Also, day before our day. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. See, back in our old day, we didn't wear any bathing suit at all. Yeah. <laughs> like a Greek Olympiad, you know. Do you need to put your Well, we think these firsties are going to go drink. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. I gotta wait. I've been drinking my beer. <laughs> Drinking my beer. That's right. Right. No, I think gonna gonna weigh in. I don't have to weigh in. That's not the way in. All right. Well, well, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks, guys. 91 Junior. 91 yes. Junior. So, Easy Pete, you were in company E4. Go naked. Yeah, go naked. Go naked, Cammy. So, woo! Yeah, so Cammy was in E4 as well. So who yeah. were some of the other? Who were the, some of the other celebrities from? Oh, uh, we had uh, all sorts of great people. You guys had a great company. Yeah, great company. So uh, yeah. Johnny Vegas, Cammy, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, Paul Poole, uh, Rusty Davidson, God rest his soul, uh, Ron Bombkamp, Andy Rendon, uh, Andy Ulrich, um, Ted, Teddy Russ. I forget my favorite author. Yes. Ted Russ, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you haven't read Spirit Mission, read, read it. it. It is hysterical. Awesome, it's awesome. Really, we we really have cool. to get him on this podcast. Yeah, totally great one. Like right, right before Army Navy, I think. Would be yeah. Good. Yes, because that yeah. was such a good book. Yeah. If you have not read his book, get it on your Kindle, get it on yeah. hard copy, whatever. I'm pretty sure he's the only philosopher that flew in the 160th, but I'm mm -hmm. not sure. Yes, great. <laughs> so, yeah, we had Teddy Russ and we had Andy Iliff. We had uh, our, our share of all-state wrestlers. Yeah. So, Teddy, not only was he a... Uh, 160th Night Stalker philosopher, but he was also an All-State wrestler from Georgia, and Ulrich, I'm um, sorry, uh, Andy Aleph was All-State from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We were stock, and we had hockey players too. We had a bunch mm -hmm. of uh, guys. Richie Those Sheridan. Richie Sheridan was uh, a, year a year ahead of us. Mm -hmm. So E4 was uh, was full of. Uh, Full of characters. Full of characters. And you guys were out there like there wasn't very much supervision, right? Because you were like we lost fifties. Lost fifties. We lost fifties. 
No, they were H four. H four. One was an H four. That's right. So you said you it's basically like being in the mafia, right? Being that, being a main, yeah, being a yeah, yeah. Well, with lost fifties, so yeah, you were out and you had five stories and you really were out on your own. But we had our own rules, and our own rules sometimes were more difficult than a lot of the West Point rules. But I also. When one of the questions that came up was, "Did you steal a goat?" and uh, I said, "No, I didn't," but I, uh, <laughs> but that's an interesting story. Of course, John Braga, all the all these guys, Teddy Russ, all these guys stole the goat, um, and I was kind of on double secret probation at the time, so I. So you couldn't know about it. <laughs> exactly. So I said, "Guys, don't." But I did. Uh, I did make sure that I was uh, that myself and Ron Bomkamp were prepared to uh, to take. Yeah, to get in front of those guys and uh, try and protect as long as we could. And they did an amazing, amazing, amazing job um, with the recon over mm -hmm. the summer and everything else, that whole thing. Um, so Teddy did a great job in the book. So Scott, Scott Clemenson said, when I talked to him last week, that the goat got sick while they had the goat? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, on so a farm. Like almost died or something? So, that would be I thought it was like in the mess hall, he almost, I mean, I always remember him yeah. kind of collapsing and, and <laughs> just kind of froze or what, something. Yeah, so, walked him in. So, well, we were right first of all, what would happen if the goat died? That would have been, that would have been. Don't you remember that night bad. for spirit dinner, it was like we were having goat pizza and yeah. goat soup. And yeah. we all but how do you know if a goat's sick? I mean, I guess, you know, like, you get a runny nose and like coughing. I mean, what happens to the goat? I thought it fell. Yeah, it fell. I thought he collapsed. Anyone knows what happened to the goat in the mess hall, please let us know. Well, it was so. Johnny Vegas walks it in, and uh, and the, the whole place goes berserk. Remember, right. and I think that's what it was. It could have been like cardiac arrest. That's what I. That's like, not what I was. Like in an animal house. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it up, and then the horse. The horse goes, dies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it could have been the goat dying could have been like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably what it was. That the goat actually probably was coronary problems and uh, like holy shit because the place was going crazy. Because yeah, the, yeah. the the whole aisle yeah, collapsed because I was on the soccer like, yeah. tables and Mark, you were on the sprint table. <laughs> they all collapsed yeah. when they came in. Oh, definitely. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's cheering, but then all of a sudden it's like something happened to the goat. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that's what yeah. I remember. Everyone's like, oh my gosh! And some people up. they like yeah. ran in. I remember someone running um, in. It was bad. But, yeah. yeah, they walked right in from uh, the door it's with the uh, Washington right. statue. They yeah. Walked right in there, yeah. and it was like boom. Yep. And the place went berserk. It was like rock concert. It was. It was awesome. It was even more intense than uh, when Blood Lady came. And mm. got yes. Jump <laughs> <laughs> I should get her on this podcast. Blood Lady. They, they, still, they don't do that anymore, though. Right? It's, not, it's not the same kind but of level. You know what it is? They have paper napkins. So they don't they don't have the napkins. Uh, yeah, but even the yeah. Blood Lady thing was like I think it lost its it lost its zing after after she left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did a little yeah. bit. I know. Those are those stories I tell the cadets in my class and they kind of look and like, like, like you did why what? That, why was that? And you're like, I don't know, yeah. but we kinda of did Sometimes it. things were funny, yeah. Exactly. yeah. That that doesn't doesn't seem funny, but it was hilarious. It was very yeah, funny. You get the yeah. you yeah. get the plates with a uh, bottle of ketchup and the ketchup on the arm and they're like, Take my blood, please take my blood. That was good stuff. Um, it's good times. So, so Pete, one of the cool things about your company, about 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 your experience at West Point, was that you're from Westchester County, right? You're like I am. I'm a local. So the so the Gaudet family were the they were the honorary sort of surrogate parents of Company E four. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. They loved each and one of their E four kids. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we would go go to my house for uh, 
uh, well, the first time we got to go up post, it was all go, go to my house and have a good time. And, uh, and then we had all sorts of other stuff, too. Allegedly, there was a toga party mm-hmm. one time. At your house? I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, did your parents get dressed up in togas? <laughs> I can see your old man. <laughs> yeah, 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 I totally can see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. Gaudet is so great. Have, have, have I you ever met him? He is like the ultimate sort of like dad. I mean, he's like he's. I because I, I notice he's got relationships with 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 your buddies. It's not oh, just yeah. like 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 he doesn't know he doesn't know your buddies through you. He knows your buddies. Like, yeah, yeah, directly. It's got a lot of secrets. Yeah. yeah. So, so this pat like two summers ago when uh, John Braga got promoted to general, they yeah. had to be there, right? Yeah, of course. They had to course, be there. Yeah, they wouldn't miss it for the world. And so they, so you drove down there with them, right? Yeah, road trip with the folks, mm-hmm. and uh, we had an awesome, awesome time. It was uh, several other E four people there, mm-hmm. and uh, my goodness, I mean, to see how it was done too. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, you know, it's funny when your your roommate, your company mate, your classmate, one of your best friends in the world is has the career that he's had, and uh, he and that guy actually has become uh, a hero. He's like mm-hmm. a hero to me. It's like unbelievable the stuff he's done. Um, so, I I was a best friend. Now I'm a big uh, best fan. I'm like a president of the, of the Johnny. Club. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Vegas. He, uh, he's an amazing guy. So, and. Uh, yeah, he's still kicking ass. So yeah, he's over. Mm-hmm. He's still in Syria, I think, right? He's going. Uh, no, he he's controls in, all of the. Well, he's in Iraq, but he's controlling the. No, no, the, he's, he's actually he is uh, in Hawaii. He runs the entire special operations for the whole Pacific. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so he moved from the previous yeah, job. Yeah. To okay. So he's had uh, you know killer job after killer job, just doing really well. So that's uh, awesome. So yeah. So we're down. So we're down at his. I was there as well, you know, and uh, we're, we didn't coordinate well in the driving <laughs> That's plan, right? right? That's right. <laughs> right. And so, so we're at, we're at Johnny, Johnny Vegas's promotion, or at the after party, the wine party, right? And so I drove. And, and special whiskey. And, yeah, and special whiskey, like from, you know, some Iraqi <laughs> yeah, general's exactly. private collection that, that, that Johnny Vegas had, right? So it gets to be about 9.30, and, and, and uh, Mrs. Gaudet says... Because I, she's not since like you know eight in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Pete, <laughs> night's over. We're done. Right. We're done. We're like, how old are your parents? Oh wow, um, seventy, seventy-two, yeah. around there. Right. So, yeah. so I said, okay, well I'm gonna drive, and we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive, and I'm gonna <laughs> drive your parents. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get you and, and leave, right? Yeah. That was that. That was the plan. But then he wasn't ready to leave. He was not ready to leave. <laughs> no, I, 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 this is a big night. This is a big night. This is a big night, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Any other night, you got a chance. Not yeah. that night. Not that but night. Jamie Schleck jumps in to the rescue. But not before your mom crossed the line, though. Yeah, of course. She crossed exactly. the line. What did she do? Yeah. yeah she, what did she say? Yeah, she said, you're getting... Well, Matt, let she me give you some... She you No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I get, quick background. My mom is... Her maiden name is Donna Maria D'Imperio. She's 4 foot 11, but she plays 7 too. And she's a uh, larger-than-life personality, and she was a general in another life. I'm yeah, she's spitfire. <laughs> Total spitfire. So uh, she's Patton, I think. So uh, so when she makes the decision, I'm going to give you a command. <laughs> but, but says, easy, I'm 48 years old. My buddy just got promoted to general. Now, where, where she crossed the line, she said, you're lucky Debbie's not here. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> she right. brought in the wife. I know, she brought in the wife. She, she, exactly. I mean, now, <laughs> you, they say you marry your you marry your, your your mom right like you marry someone 
Debbie's a little bit like yeah, your mom, right? Yeah, she's got you yeah, on that short that's leash. Exactly. She's got you on a short leash. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. She's the only he's not drinking beer right now. <laughs> exactly. right. Obey. So, so that, that ended up being an incident, right? Yeah. So I drive him home. It was not a big deal, but anyway. So you After stayed there, and it was, it was, it was uh, quite a We had a good laugh about it. The next day, we, I, my mom laughed about it. I laughed about it. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, uh, Mom, you got to be you. I got to be me. It is. It is what it is. <laughs> so Mr. and Mrs. Gaudet are like the best, like West Point parents, right? They, they, yeah, they, they would come up to uh, South Dock and have all sorts of tail any any tailgate operation that they right. could have, like That's run right awesome. up and and do that. So yep. we had a lot of fun in E4. Yep. Um, Cammy just said, uh, "Love me some mom and dad Gaudet. They give the best hugs." <laughs> exactly. So they brought you up here when you were ten years old, right? Yeah. So tell yeah. me that story. Yeah, that's a wild story. So, uh, so yeah, I was uh, 10 years old, and my parents said, hey, we're going to go up to this great place called West Point, and we're going to see this great quarterback, Dan Marino. You know, it's like uh, playing for Pitt, and it was Hugh Green, too. So Dan Marino, Hugh Green, and uh, we're going to go see Pitt play at West Point. So we go up. But we at go Mikey up Stadium. At Mikey Stadium. So um, we get it in the car, but we're going up early. I'm like, wow, it's pretty early. We go up because they want to go to the parade. So we go to the parade. And uh, I'm like, wow, never seen anything like this. This is amazing. Look at this place with the parade. All of a sudden, the parade starts and everything. And I start getting like chills up and down my spine. And I'm like, whoa, this is a really special place. What's going on here? And what kind of a strange experience. So I tell my mom and dad before the, we even go up to the football game, I'm like, uh, I, gotta, I have to go here. I just, at age 10, you yeah, figure this 10, is where you're going to go. Like, I got to go here, yeah. Because I love doing the parading so much. Yeah, yeah I just exactly. want to keep doing that. I want to be I want to be strapped like that. Hours on the area. Like that. Yeah. As strapped as I can be. I want to be a century man. Exactly. Love to march, gonna march. So, yeah. That was So it was that experience, and then flash forward. Many years, it's like I applied early decision here. I was like, "This is the only, only place I want to go." And mm -hmm. Forget other. other did you schools. get in early decision? Yeah. So you didn't play yeah. anywhere else? Just threw your shit in the garbage? No, no, I did. I did. I got the the remember the green thing? Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. And boom, and I got it, and I was like, I took all the other stuff and I threw it yeah, the garbage. That's, like, that's all yeah. I want to go to. Since I was yeah. ten, I was like, I gotta go there. I'm gonna go there, and that was it. So done. Um, so yeah, that was when I was ten, and my parents took me up there. Nice. Yeah. So you're you're adopted. Your, yeah. your parents, yeah. your whole life, they said, your 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 parents, your 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 biological parents gave you up because they loved you. Right. And so yeah. you you grew up in this family. Uh, you you're adopted. Your sister's adopted. But you know, but they brought you. To, you know, they brought you here, and they, they kind of set you up with the whole thing at West Point, right? Yeah. So, so then, tell me about the story. You turned twenty seven years old, and what happens? So, 27 years Well, first old. of all, yeah, did exactly. you have any desire to meet your biological parents at all? No, not until... Uh, Never looked into it or yeah, anything? Yeah, I, I did when I was, uh, when I got out of the Army, I was at Merrill Lynch. I did call uh, the adoption agency and I said, hey, uh, just want to make sure that my biological mother's okay. You know, just to mm -hmm. make sure, feel like it's my duty. And they said, uh, it's against the law. Can't do it, you know. So, I was like, really? Against the law? So, that was it. Door shut. Against mm -hmm. the law. And that was it. And I went on uh, with my career, Merrill Lynch, and 
when you're saying 27. So I did my time at Merrill Lynch. I went to a firm called DLJ and uh, got a great opportunity there. And then all of a sudden, when I'm 27 years old, I, um, I'm traveling in Texas and I do my night nightly call with Duddy, my wife. She says, uh, hey, somebody called for you. And uh, I think it might have been your biological mother. So I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what'd she say? And so, so you're 27. No. There's not there's not a lot of cell phones. You have, like, you have to, like, you're like, yeah, yeah calling cards. Calling no cell phones. Yeah, calling cards and yeah, pay phones. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you're on pay phone. I was in the right. hotel, so I was right. in my room calling. But yeah, biological mom calls you. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow. So, Holy cow. So I'm like, what'd she say? And she said, where is Peter there? And I was like, what else did she say? They gave you, it's like, no, nah, that's what she said. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a very good clue. <laughs> so so then uh, the next night, uh, I called Debbie again. She's like, oh, she called back, and she said, um, please have Peter call me at this number. My name is Doris. So then I was in Albuquerque. The next night on business, I was flying around, and, um, and I've got to get a flight, and I go to the payphone with the, the card, and I'm like, uh, hello, is this Doris? Uh, and she's like, yeah. She's like, is this Peter? I said, yeah. She said, were you born December 4th, 1968? And I said, yes. And she said, I gave birth to you. And I say, thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so I had to hop on my plane. I got back, talked to her uh, that night at the um, hotel for an hour, two hours, whatever it was. And then found out that uh, I actually, she married my biological father and I had two biological sisters. And, uh, and that was just the beginning of uh, the crazy story. I, the, I remember you telling me the story. Said, the crazy world of Pico Day just got crazier, right? I tell you. So it's, you learn you crazy. learn a little bit more about this union of these two people. Uh, aside from the fact that now they've, they've been married for decades, yeah, you've got two biological, full biological sisters. Yeah. yeah. Your 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 biological father. Yeah. What's his story? He was, uh, he grew up in Highland Falls. What's his name? I don't know this one. Uh, Dave Griffin. So uh, Dave grew up in Highland Falls with his brother, and that is also a weird story. Um, but they, uh, so my biological uh, grandmother, uh, Dave's mother, was, uh, was a Putnam. So Fort Putnam and that whole thing. So the family's been around West Point for... A long, long time. I'm getting, I'm getting like, so when you were at, so when you were at Mikey Stadium feeling this amazing yeah, connection the to this and everything. place, it's yeah. like somebody's, you know, you know, it's like kind of this yeah. weird, bigger, weird stuff. Yeah, weird, yeah. So. But the biological father was, oh, he was, uh, yeah, he was in the Navy. In the Navy. So, so that that's the one thing that's a little bit. Yeah, the force exactly, is off right, there. Exactly. Bit, Wait a minute. So yeah. something's wrong with yeah. the force there. Exactly. But, yeah, but yeah. He was so he's in the Navy. Went to Vietnam. Yeah. So, you know, got together with your biological... You need to talk a little louder. Oh, okay. Talk a little louder. Yeah, okay. Sorry. So we'll talk a little... I'll pop off. Ready to go. Got together with your biological mom. Yeah. Went off to war. Yeah. Didn't realize that she was pregnant with you. Right. She has you while he's off in Vietnam. Yeah. Comes back. Marries her. Yeah. And they say, we uh, got to get our baby back. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, before they got married, they okay. uh, they said, you know, we got to get the baby back, and it was uh, became a court case that was uh, all over the press, and it was adoptive law precedent for years. And um, you didn't know about it. So you, no. he is baby M. He <laughs> is baby, baby John Doe. <laughs> yeah, like landmark, like 
landmark uh, Supreme Court type Did cases. Did it go to the Supreme Court? No. I thought it was the Supreme Court in New York. I think it's in New York. New York Supreme yeah. Court, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, I've got, there's articles on it and stuff like that, but I don't remember. About the time with that your birth parents can go back. Yeah, well, one, it's basically a shut door. And now that's changed, actually. So since all these these times, law has changed where you can connect. Um, right. There's not a shut door anymore. So, um, which was also interesting because my biological sister was in law school at the time, and she was actually poking and prodding the legal system to figure out how it, how it can be done, the connection can be made. Because um, they knew about you, but you didn't know about them. Right. Got it. Right. Wow. I mean, yes and no. They they knew that they gave me up for adoption. They didn't know anything after that. Right. And, and uh, no, I had no idea about yeah. that. So, yeah. So, it was... Uh, so, the interesting thing is that... Um, so, yeah. So, they waited till you are 27, right? Uh, no, they didn't wait. They were they paid private investigators along the years, too. Okay. It just didn't work out. But I thought, I thought that they wanted to also... They didn't want to do it when you're, like, 18. They wanted to do it like you're a little bit older to be able to... Uh, to reach out to you, I guess, or maybe not. Maybe, maybe nah, not this. Okay. I think it was just uh, timing. You know, it, was mm -hmm. just, it, it wasn't possible you know, mm -hmm. before that, and I think the timing was was good at twenty seven. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it definitely uh, felt like the right timing, and uh, and it all kind of uh, came together at that time. And then the other thing. So in addition to the whole Putnam connection, um, my biological father had a brother. And uh, when I met my biological father for the first time in Manhattan, he's looking at me kind of strange. And uh, we finally sit down to dinner, and he says, I apologize for looking at you kind of strange, but you look exactly like my brother who died in a car accident before uh, you were born, and you were both born on the same day. So, wow. Yeah, so wow. that's usually when I get a little chills there, too. Wow. <laughs> wow. So where do they live now? California. Okay. So how did this go over with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gaudet? Like, you know, mom and dad. Like, like, yeah, what, 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 how does that whole thing go down? Well, they know that I love them with all my heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, there was a little like, well, what's going on here? You know, it's uh, kind of get acclimated. And, uh, and after they got acclimated, it was like, look, nothing's changing. You know, I have two families. I've got mm -hmm. my family and uh, i got my biological family. So. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it, more love in the world good, less love in the world bad. Yep, so, exactly. So it's all about, uh, you know, positive attitude and, uh, and you know, over time. I did actually, after thinking about it, I didn't tell the rest of my family for about five years because I wanted to have, you know, I'm a finance guy. So it's like, you got a track record. So I was like, when I tell them, I'll say, has anything changed in the last five years? And, uh, and they'll say, no. Okay, well, nothing's going to change in the next 50 years. You know? mm -hmm. Well, now we're going to live to 150 years old, right? right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe 100 years after this. So. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it was all positive um, and just kind of worked through it. So it was a lot of, you know, like anything else, communication and, uh, and love solves a lot of problems and, mm -hmm. and gets through it. So That's a wild story. I know, Peter. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. So strange but true. And so your ancestors were here... Yeah. Highland Falls, Putnam's, Fort Putnam. I mean, like. On the other side of the family is the Bowles, which is Sarah Bowl, uh, the house, which uh, is a stone house when Indians were up here. It was British territory. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the family goes back in this area, you know, I don't know, hundreds of years. Wow. So. Interesting. So, yeah. 
So you didn't know any of this while you were a cadet at West Point, right? Yeah. yeah. So your name would have been Griffin, not Gaudet. Yeah, so I guess for 15 days my name was Steve Griffin. Steve. <laughs> Steve Griffin. Easy, Easy Steve. Griffin. Easy, Easy Griffin. Steve. <laughs> kind of still fits. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we were so blessed in E4 to have uh, my parents, um, mm -hmm. you know, up mm -hmm. here all the time and just uh, getting us, uh, you know... <laughs> The advice that the, my, my dad would give, the, uh, the reprimanding my mother would give. <laughs> keep everybody in line. Yeah, keep everyone alive. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was great. A lot of love in E4, and uh, I love all my classmates, and I love all my company mates. It's, I, like I said, I love seeing your dad, like um, his interactions with, with everybody. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't know me that well, but he knows all those other guys well. And you can just tell, he's like, he's kind of like everybody's father. He's like, yeah. he's like looking after everybody. He's, yeah. He's, you know. So graduation, I gave him a, uh, I gave him a saber uh -huh. and a plaque underneath the saber said, uh, 104 hours and stories that left untold. Thanks for carrying me when the bullshit got thick. <laughs> so Pete, you just answered people's questions because many people have just commented thinking that you were, someone said, isn't Pete our high time area tour man, double century? <laughs> and so there's a rumor, there's a myth, there's a legend, I don't know what we want to call it, but I actually had more hours than you. You had more hours than me, I know. And so, and Ulrich, uh, Ulrich was a yeah, double century. Yeah. I wasn't even double century. I was a good I boy. I wasn't double century, yeah. I was true. I was century, but I wasn't double. Yeah. So I was 104, so I just, barely, you know. I got nothing, I got nothing, yeah. exactly. 104, but I, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, stories untold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but boy, a lot of fun. So give me the, the quick sort of rundown of the family situation. You, so you're married, how many years did that? Wow, we just celebrated our 24th anniversary. 24th anniversary? Yeah, and we, were, we knew each other She's nine like, years after that, but wow. we're not 2% because we did take a little sabbatical. During, during yes. the time here, okay. Yes, yeah. so, so but, but if she did do the whole nine years with me and the 24 years, then... She would be actually canonized. Mm. Uh, she'd have to. Yeah, be. She'd, <laughs> she'd have to be a saint. She'd have to make be. her a saint in Rome. Yeah. So she's got a couple more years of sainthood. Yeah. And you got two kids. Right? Two kids. Yeah. What, and how old? And where are they at? Yep. Andrew Mallon. Andrew's a junior up at RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, mm -hmm. studying computer science. Mallon's a senior in high school, so uh, she's figuring out where she wants to go. Mm -hmm. She wants to be an architect. So nice. Uh, so yeah. So you're about to be empty nesters again, huh? Yeah, that's what they tell me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, this September, I guess, August, September of next year, empty nest time. Yeah. So, wild. I asked... Uh, we do have a dog. Oh, so you have a dog. Oh, I, was, I was talking to Brent and Judy Bourne, you know, Brent, you know, Brent, Brent Bourne, Bourne yeah, and sure. Judy Bourne. And it, they're like, we have sex every day. <laughs> <laughs> Kitchen table. We doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Hear that time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that happens that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was, sounds good. That was that's good what all guys think. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, my story. That's right. Exactly. They're like, hey, we're up to nothing. This is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put on a gladiator helmet. It's all. That's right. That's right. That's right. I've got a number of years before that's going to happen for me. So I got one in college, and I got another six more years before I get them all out in college. So. Well, yeah. we all know six years flies by. It does fly by. Yeah, we spent uh, a thousand years at West Point for those four years. I know. Yeah. 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 This yeah. And everything yeah. else kind of. Yeah, yeah. it just goes right just by. by. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It's unbelievable. Very much so. Time flies for sure. So, no doubt. you make Army Navy almost every year, I think, right? I've missed one year 
Okay. Um, and all the years, and it's because Debbie's best friend got married up in. Uh, Look at you, good man, huh? Oh, I mean, yeah. that's that's good. We're, kind of, we're kind of like the regulars. We yeah. kind of have a regular little crew. Exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't be right if we didn't see Deeply each other. Deeply religious. Exactly. <laughs> and for all of those losses. Yes. We yeah. always said Friday night. I was here for all of them, too. Exactly. Friday night was the, the most exactly. fun. Exactly. Yeah, we Shutting down the, the Irish pub. Uh, yeah, we went through the desert together. We did. Was, we was, did. That was very painful. Yeah. Give me. Give me but some. now we've got to be favored this year, right? I mean, we beat. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, they just lost. Like, they lost. They crushed, crushed by by Air Force. Yeah. They got crushed by by Which Hawaii. Which we were taking. We so we were with Anthony Noto on Saturday when the game started, and he was like, "Oh, I hate fucking Air Force." He goes, "This is the only game that I like Navy." And I said, "Anthony, I'm sorry." I said. I hate Navy so much, and I said that I I want Air Force to win. So I said because I hate Navy that much. Really? You don't root for you don't root for Navy against Air Force? No. Really? No. I always I, do. I never. I hate Navy that much. Really? I root for Navy every time that they play, unless they're playing West Point. I think I just I feel like I feel like this. Yeah. Are I, you? I'm I'm more. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I got a lot of. You root for Navy over Air Force? Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Can they both lose? <laughs> so, so anyone else? Now you can pipe in if you think you. Mark said he roots for Air Force over Navy. Really? Because yeah. I said I just don't even want a chance that Navy could win it. Right. And I guess that's just me. Yeah. I just hate Navy. Well, it was the Army Air Corps, so once yeah. upon a time. And West Point ran the Air Force. Sean Kelly just said, "I'm with you, Holly." <laughs> really? Yeah. So mm. if you kind of break down the data, it's like, wait a minute. Okay. Well, let's say so. Navy's playing Notre Dame. No, I still root for Notre Dame. Really? Oh, wow. I don't root for Navy ever. Wow. I'm the person that like gets in fights. And my best, fr our best friends in the world, he graduated from Navy. He was the center for the Navy football wow. team. And we, yeah, sure. I always yeah. root for Navy against Notre Dame or something. Oh gosh, no! I, I yes, they go right. for it. I never root for. We never root for Navy. Never root wow. for Navy. And I have to tell when we went down to Mark's Army Navy game, and it was at Annapolis, and so our friends. Um, picked us up and they live right there in Annapolis and again he's he's got a box at the stadium so he's like Holly you can come sit the box I'm like there's no way I can sit the damn box I'm like you kidding me and so we got out and he dropped us off by the Navy tailgates I'm like hey Lily I gotta gotta go and I kind of went over and I text him I'm like I'm already in the stadium he's like you're not sitting with us and I'm like you kidding and I went up and saw him at halftime and I was like I can't even like see you guys because I don't want to get in a fight exactly I start getting like the shakes I, I went to see them after. We all went to see them after, so that was good. So one of our stated one of our stated intentions here at the Old Grad Podcast is to remember our fallen classmates. Um, you know, Amen. it's it's, it's uh, part of the reason why we're having this. And um, and so um, you have lost a fallen classmate from your company, right? Yeah. So tell me about tell me about him. Absolutely, uh, Rusty Davidson, Doctor Rusty Davidson. Love the guy. Incredibly brilliant. Incredibly great guy. Uh, so close to them for so long um, and uh, yeah he lost a battle with depression I mean if you think you know what uh, what's wrong with the situation it's like okay the guy is like running a hospital um, he's uh, got two beautiful daughters wonderful wife everything looks like it's picture-perfect from the outside and uh, nobody knows that um, he's suffering from depression and uh, and I was going to take my son uh, down to go fishing with him. And um, this is like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. 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 About that. It was 2008 or 9? Yeah. It was 9 because there was a doctor here who knew him very, very well. Yeah, that sounds right. 2009. 
So, uh, so yeah, I was emailing him back and forth with him, and he had a boat, and he was an avid outdoorsman, one of the best uh, fishermen and hunters that I knew. So I was like, I got to take my son on his first fishing trip. We're going with Rusty. He's the guy. So he had a boat at the time uh, in Charleston. We were going to go down, hop on his boat, go offshore like 50 miles because he knew exactly where the schools of fish were and everything. I mean, he knew everything. So, uh, so I was like, all right, great. And uh, all of a sudden, actually it was a week and a half before we were supposed to go down there. So you were playing. You were getting all yeah, the plans. Yeah, we had the plans. Like, I, had the hotel, I had the hotel room. I had everything. Mm. Uh, it was all set up, and I was like, cool, can't wait to see you, brother. And, it's all and he was great. like, absolutely, can't wait. Yeah, exactly. Everything was like, thumbs up. We're and going. a week and a half before you go. week and a half, 7.30 in the morning, cool, I get a cool. phone call, and that's Leanne, his wife, and she's like, Peter, uh, Pete, Rusty's not with us anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's not with us anymore. He's like, he took his life. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I'm like, no, it's not Rusty. It's like I'm coming down to see him. So, uh, so Debbie and I hopped on a flight, went down there right away, um, and, uh, you know, mourned and, um, and wake and burial and everything. And then, uh, we were coming back and that's when Debbie said, well, you got to cancel the, cancel your trip with Andrew. And I said, um, I don't think so. I don't think I'm supposed to do that. You know, I'm supposed to, I told Andrew, this is going to be a great trip. I got to try and make it a great trip for him. So I said, I'm going to. Try and, try and get the mission accomplished, you know. So I took Andrew down there, and this... Uh, in the same place? In like, yeah, same place, so same hotel. Funeral's over, yeah, everything's exactly. over, yeah. Yeah. and you go down to where his place where was. Where Rusty and I made arrangements to the same hotel room that was booked and everything wow. was all. So I didn't change a thing to the trip, except for, you know, obviously I couldn't go out on Rusty boat, um, and uh, so I had to get, I was trying to get a charter, and that was uh, not going nowhere fast. I kept calling around, calling around. Well, just before boarding the plane, I get a call, um, and they say, hey, uh, we got a charter for you. So it's like right at the buzzer. Great news, okay, we got a charter boat. So we go there, we show up, uh, we get on the boat, go out to the harbor, and uh, the first weird thing that happens is, um, is Andrew starts catching all these fish. And, <laughs> and, and nobody else and is nobody catching else, fish. Exactly, exactly, nobody else. Andrew's catching all the fish. And I'm like, start to laugh, and I'm like, and the guy's like, man, I'm out here, you know, 17 years, 17 years he was out there, and he's like, I always catch fish. He's like, I'm not catching anything, and your son's catching it. So I'm laughing. I was like, ah, I think maybe somebody's with us. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, clouds come in in the harbor, uh, black clouds. Never seen anything like it. Never will. And uh, and everyone's kind of like, holy crap, it's a storm coming in, and there's a. Um, a tornado, which is called a water spout, which I didn't even know what a water spout was. And the guy's like, we gotta get out of here, this is... And then all of a sudden I started having the chills up and down my spine, and I'm like, no, don't worry, I think... Uh, and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, but sure enough, the, the thing's coming, and the water spout keeps, keeps going. Oh my gosh. And uh, the water spout stops, and I have it on video, and it's like, holy cow. It's, uh, and then it stops, and it's going, and then phew, it stops. And then... Oh my gosh. And, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, we go back, um, and I and we go to the the room, and I'm on the uh, the deck, the hotel room, and there's no birds or anything around. It's like a swamp in the back, and all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, a dove comes down and lands right in front of me and is staring at me. <laughs> this, and I'm like, is it gonna fly away? Is it gonna? It's just like weird, strange stuff. 
Um, and then, last but not least, going back on the plane, uh, flying home, um, a stewardess comes up to me and says, I'm sorry, sir, but does, would your son like a frog? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't think I heard you correctly. It sounded like you said, would your son like a frog? And, uh, and he's like, yes, that's what I said. And I'm like, what do you mean, we're on an airplane? What do you mean, we're would you like a frog? He's like, well, we found a frog in the back of the airplane. We thought your son might like a frog. And, and I'm looking around, and I was like, kids around, I'm like, why are you asking me? And now I go to Andrew, it's like, would you like a frog? He's like, yeah, I'd love a frog. <laughs> so so uh, he gets the frog, and we took the frog home and let it out on the pond, and uh, it was like just a surreal experience of the, that, uh, that trip of um, you know, what was going on. So this loss, this experience, profoundly affected you? Absolutely. I, I think about Rusty all the time. Well, I think about Rusty, I think about Muth, I think about Tim. I've lost three close friends to, uh, to suicide, so I hate suicide worse than anybody you know. Um, so this has caused you to actually put a lot of your personal time and financial resources toward getting, getting resources to people that are in need, right? Yeah, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work with uh, great guys like Joe Geraci and... Uh, and uh, lots of others who are trying to accomplish the same mission to say, hey, let's treat mental illness like we treat Al-Qaeda and uh, ISIS and, and all the enemies of our country, uh, because it is an enemy. You know, mental illness is uh, something that needs to be talked about, something that needs to be uh, attacked, um, and uh, we need to you know, rally the troops and, and make sure that we put the resources in place that we don't have to have a rusty, I mean, Dr. Rusty Davidson, he was, I used, everything. yeah, I used to call him Jesus because he was uh, making people walk that were paralyzed. He would do spinal surgery. He's one of the best spinal surgeons in the Army, if not the nation. And he would actually go in and make paralyzed people walk. So Someone just put in, Vince Lindemeyer just wrote in and said, Rusty was the most handsome Southern gentleman in our class. He was yeah. on my team handball team. Uh, I played oh, team handball my... I'm getting chills, yeah. It is kind of, no. He was, I played team handball my freshman year, and Rusty, that's how I knew him, because he was on... Um, he was on my team, Hamilton. One of them was on the men's team. But. He was amazing. He was. He was. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that, that's what happens is it's perfection, and then all of a sudden, you know, you realize that he's suffering quietly. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I thought for many years, what, what could I have done wrong? And, you know, and, and learning more through the years uh, with, with Joe and a lot of other professionals to say, look, there's only so much you can do. But it's preemptive, proactive, and you got to figure out how how can we ask the next Dr. Rusty Davidson, hey, you doing okay? You know, are you having depression problems or anything else? How do we how do we make sure we're we're taking you know we're doing the cooperate and graduate mentality, and we're all you know pulling for each other and uh, make sure we're all you know give me an up kind mm -hmm. of thing, which I would have loved if I had the opportunity to go back and say it to Rusty and say, hey, how you doing, brother? You know. So you mentioned Joe a few times. Joe's class of class of '98. Right, and he's PhD, uh, and we actually have him here tonight. <laughs> All right, to Joe. talk a little bit. Joe, about what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Joe? Oh, wow. 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 Show up. Yeah, come on in. Wow. I'm gonna step I, out. I, yeah. When I talk about Joe, I say, yeah, this is Superman. He's like, how how amazing. He just happens to be right here. He is Superman. Hey. But just, you know, we wanted he just took his cape off. Yeah, and he flies in like this. We wanted to talk about this topic because it's such an important topic, right? I mean, the, the, the unfortunate statistic which we've kind of stumbled onto, but the leading cause of death among our classmates is suicide. Yeah. And, like, we are, we, are, we are an outlier among outliers. You know, like, you know, the veteran population is about one and a half times more likely to suffer 
uh, or to, you know, to, 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 to end their lives through suicide. Um, we, are far, we are far more than that. Um, you know, we have small sample size, only 892 of us, but, um, but we, are, we are much more than the average, much, much more than the average. And, and Joe, this is something that, that you study, uh, and so, and, and, and Pete, you linked up with Joe years ago because of the, the Rusty situation. And well, but Tim, actually. It was uh, Tim, and Tim, our Tim mutual friend, Tim O'Connor. Yeah. Joe was classmate and roommate, so, uh, mm -hmm. so we actually were, uh, were starting to fight the good fight because I had the Rusty experience and the, the Muth experience and all these other things, so, you know, running into Joe was a godsend. I was like, this is the guy I need to get behind and uh, and make sure that he uh, he is supported anyway, any I can, anyway I can support him because he's amazing. So Joe, you've recently retired mm -hmm. from the army, right? Yeah. And you're now at Bronx VA. Is that mm -hmm. where you are? Yeah. So can you tell tell us a little bit more about about your your role and and what you do there with with yeah. veterans? Yeah. So right now, so as um, as a clinical psychologist, start to transition to a new role as uh, education director with the Center of Excellence, like a research regional center we have that focus specifically on suicide prevention. So a lot of the stuff I do is, um, you know, thank God they're like, hey, the stuff that you have been doing, you know, previously, we'd love you to keep on doing it. And it was uh, amazing linking up with Pete and his heart and his commitment and dedication to kind of tackle, you know, this problem. And, you know, he came to me and I remember him saying that, you know, and we need to do something about this. These, you know, that's when the stat at the time was 22 veterans a day committing suicide. It's like, what, what can we do to kind of to help to, to manage this? And, you know, some of the things like Pete did is, is help to start the mentorship program, which, you know, we're very closely with. And, you know, fortunately... And that's ProVetus. Yeah. So ProVetus is, is an organization that you started. Well, with, well you guys started me, together, Joe, Tim. Right? And right. we lost Tim to mental illness. So, uh, yeah. so we lived through a tough time because um, there were the three of us that were going to you know, take the good, take the fight to mental illness. So Tim O'Connor, who is your classmate, your roommate, class of '98, it was you linked up with Tim. I remember meeting Tim when he was on active duty. He was coming off active duty, uh, came to a West Point Society New York thing. It was a really sort of like big presence. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you guys linked up and said we got to address this thing. Yeah. Well, Tim fought for the 101st, going to Baghdad, uh, got out active duty, and then I he reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm thinking about coming to Wall Street. I said, Oh. Hook you up. We'll grab a lunch, and we'll. This is completely this. unrelated to the mental health issues or anything. Just, just he just reached yeah, out to yeah, me. Yeah, reached out to me. In fact, Tim started the uh, Veterans Network at Bank of America. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so Tim was a hard charger, doing great things for veterans efforts, uh, and had a great career in finance, and did some really interesting things um, in Asia and, and uh, all over the place. But he started that Veterans Network at, at B of A, and uh, and then years forward, we were at the uh, USO charity golf outing. Uh, together and we both read the same article that 22 veterans are killing themselves every day and we said either that's bullshit or if it's not bullshit we got to do something about it and it's yeah so one of my sort of i my knee-jerk reaction to those kind of statistics are like to really dig in a little bit more yeah it's mm -hmm. not 22 right it's slightly less than 22 so it's, and it's, it's not every day it's like on average on average right but when we say like every day yeah. this is happening it's not happening every day there's clusters and but anyway, it's still a big number, and it's mm -hmm. a, and not a good statistic, yeah. right? And for our class, it's actually even worse yeah. in terms of the, the the total numbers. So how do we how do we how do we face into that? Like, what what, what are the things? I mean, we're not going to solve this problem here, but we can make resources be known. We can sort of like help address this issue because this is this is not. 
I mean, th this is this is a, uh, it's a it's a troubling troubling number for us. So I think a couple of key things is that one is that when you're in that deep dark place, um, you're most likely you know not to seek care. So it's your comrades, your battle buds around you that really need to kind of help to identify and notice you to see what's going on and. One of the key things that kind of, you know, kind of triggers this or exacerbates it is a lack of mission. Like, thing in the Army we're so used to having is a clear-cut mission, you know, drive a purpose of accomplishing something that's bigger than ourselves. And so if you find that, you know, one of your comrades is really going through a time, a transition where, like, they really have difficult to identify, like, hey, what am I doing? What's it, what is this about? And I know, like, one of the times, you know, recently that I've had to seek care of myself, an infantry officer, 20 years, was, you know, like, my own retirement. Like, holy cow, what... What am I going to do? And I knew that, like, I was getting to a place, like, you know, I really need to kind of sit down and talk to somebody about this before it gets gets worse. So your mission. And then the stressors that can be related to, you know, as leaders, we always need to manage transitions well and also in our personal life. And so I think another key thing is is, is the comrades, the battle bud, the mentorship mentality is, is, is camaraderie is such a high protective factor against it. And if you kind of feel or someone around you is, is going through a place or they've lost someone, uh, if it's in their relationships or comrades, so like two other times where I sought care of myself was Tim committed suicide and then a fellow company commander of mine uh, during uh, deployment to Afghanistan got killed. Like I knew those were like three times, losing two comrades and my own transition, that I was more vulnerable than I like to be. And for my patients, I know that my sword needs to be really sharp. Uh, and I was, I was getting a little dull, so I knew that I needed to seek care. The other thing that's, that's real important to know, um, so th those are temporary things. Another real important thing to know is, is, as you mentioned, the mental illness. So of those that commit suicide, about 70 to 80% of them, you know, either have depression uh, or bipolar. And, and that's something to, to be aware of. So if you know that you have uh, susceptibility or you have a mental illness, which you know, for lots of veterans, the prevalence rate is, is pretty high. Mm -hmm. That uh, you know that to keep your own blade sharp, you need to go go get care and get help. Which um, means what though? Like 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 uh, let's yeah. say that I'm uh, like me. I'm a, I'm a veteran, but I, I have been detached from active duty for you know a decade. Yeah. Uh, so what does that mean for me? Like what number can I call? Yeah. So if you're like in an acute state, or if you're kind of like like you. Know, you have that sense, that element of, you know, like, uh, what's going on, um, absolutely call the Veterans Crisis Line, like 1-800-273-8255, mm -hmm. you know, you can just Google it, you can text, you can tweet them. Veteran like, Crisis Line, that's veteran the first point of contact. For okay. Force point of contact, so they've got three different centers throughout the United States, and they mm -hmm. take about a thousand calls every day, mm -hmm. and they're a phenomenal resource. And we train the mentors, you know, absolutely make sure they always have the Veteran Crisis Line call, mm -hmm. and, it's, and, it, and it was originally when it started in 2007, like a suicide you know, hotline, but they've changed it so that it's a Veteran Crisis Line. Mm -hmm. So it's not just for imminent suicide, but if you're kind of going through our place, going through a crisis, absolutely mm -hmm. uh, call, call that number. And they have people 24-7 that are on, and then every morning we have something in the VA called Suicide uh, Prevention Coordinators and they follow up on that. So that the, the hotline is connected to the police, to providers, to make the immediate, you know, kind of access, immediate care. We've had to use it a number of times to get, um, you know, veterans who are having trouble. Um, and then the VA kind of expedites getting those individuals care. So regardless of insurance, regardless of coverage, uh, the VA absolutely makes sure that they can 
get in and, 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 and reduce that threat or reduce that temporary state, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And another thing I really want to identify too is that something very specific to veterans, and this is, this is a crisis. So, you know, we, we measure suicides per 100,000. So 17 per 100,000 is what the civilian average is, and that's gone for you know, pretty much standard for the last 10 years. So veterans uses, we're at about 17, 18. Now, 100,000. 100,000 veterans, 17 will have committed suicide or will have attempted? Committed. Committed Completers. Suicide. Yeah, this isn't, okay. this isn't attempters. Usually there's about five attempters for every completed. Okay. So, so this is this is completed suicide. Completed suicides, yeah. So it was 17, 10 years ago. Now we're up to 26. 26 oh, per 100,000 for veterans. Um, and, and, and the regular population is? 17. 17. So okay. 1.5 times higher for, mm -hmm. for the veterans. And mm -hmm. so females, unfortunately, that their rate has gone up significantly. And uh, the rate for those between 18 and 34 has gone up significantly for veterans over the last 10 years. Another thing that's important, I can't say it often, Pete and I um, had to deal with this, is firearms. 70% of veterans commit suicide by firearms. Mm -hmm. Compared to 50% of civilians, and you know, as you know, there's there's no turning back. You know, the fatality rate based on somebody who's trying to commit suicide, and that's for females too, because obviously females veterans are very familiar with, with firearms. So if you have somebody you know who you're concerned about, don't go to sleep that night um, without making sure that you've intervened. Veteran crisis line and get their firearm away. Mm -hmm. Whatever you got to do, get that firearm away from that, that individual. Mm -hmm. Because the lethality rate for somebody who's like poisoning or taking pills um, is much, much lower than a firearm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the three kind of like risk factors you said, like so it's like lack of mission, yeah. or feeling a lack of mission. And feel like going through a major transition in your life. Mm -hmm. Where it brings about you know different different levels of stress. Being disconnected from camaraderie. De de disconnected or going through high levels of emotional state because of losing somebody mm -hmm. that was a key support for. Right, you. and then mental illness. Mental on top illness of it. is yeah. like the. Those are the so three you big may you, you may not have the mental illness, but every transitioning veteran is going to have those first two. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Right? So that that is like a good time to basically say. Now's the time for me to kind of check in, do a check up from the neck up kind of thing. Like yeah. it's a good thing for me to be able to do that. And that's why I help, you know, the, the men mentorship program is so critical because they kind of help to fill that gap and that void. And, you know, I'm happy to say that the Bronx VA is partnering with Pervetus. So high risk veterans, you know, it's probably about 10 per month that, uh, that, that the Bronx VA will be kind of coordinating with uh, the, the Pervetus mentorship. And, you know, Pervetus is also within the, the Westchester Drug Treatment Court, so veterans that are going through the treatment courts, you know, kind of diversionary track, and also Pervetus has been identified as New York City's, you know, mentorship uh, organization for veterans. So, you know, it's a small little pocket, mm -hmm. but, you know, kind of the sentiment is get connected to others, help them through that transition, and, and, and help if, you know, somebody's going to be banging on your door to get you mental health care. By all means, you know, that person helped get you the care of the So, team. again, the first point of contact is the Veteran Crisis Line. That's where it's sort of like, that's, that's where everybody should be kind of like leading yeah, in. Absolutely. But then there are all these other things that you can kind of bolt on around that, yeah, like Provetus. And, you know, our classmate Vince Lindemeyer is also, his wife is a chaplain. They've been very engaged with uh -huh. this whole population around getting support. Right. And uh, he's also looking to have... Some of our classmates be more engaged. The month of November is a, is a, is a, this you know this uh, 
Movember, yeah. where you know to raise awareness around it, you know to grow a mustache, uh, to you know be be moving and to do these kind of things. These are all things that he's, uh, I think, also committed to try to you know uh, spread among our classmates and kind of like build this build this support network. Um, you know, you mentioned these numbers, right? This this you know seven, uh, seventeen out of a hundred thousand and and. Uh, 26. 26 for veterans and so when you do the numbers you extrapolate the class of 91 is over 700 mm. per 100,000 100, yeah. so we're like like I think we're an average it's a small sample size right so it's but it's something to be we are like we're like 50 times the average for veterans if you look mm. at the number of our now many of these suicides have happened you know eight nine ten years ago it happened when people were like in their in their 30s, there was maybe transitions, etc., that were going on then. Um, I don't think that we're necessarily at any less of a risk now, but we should we're, we should certainly be more aware of it, right? And we should be there for each other. Yeah. And so, you know, we've got this class page, which is a private class page, and some people have been posting their phone numbers and doing some other things, making sure that we're there for each other. Mm -hmm. um, I know, like as I mentioned before, when I talked about this on one of the previous podcast I know enough to know that I don't know enough mm -hmm. right you are a subject matter expert so I really appreciate you kind of like giving us some guidance on this and Pete you know you've been so committed to this and you know post you know the uh, tragic event with Rusty and your commitment to him is just uh, very admirable you know well, Joe's amazing and uh, when Joe started to kind of uh, construct what would uh, ProVet become and it just made so much sense to me. It was like, okay, we gotta take care of housing for veterans, we gotta take care of education, we gotta take care of jobs, we gotta take care of men mental, physical health care, and then you gotta take care of uh, community involvement, which is mm -hmm. so important. It's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta bond together and, uh, and don't let them go down the path towards isolation, depression, suicide. Mm -hmm. It's like, we gotta be proactive and preemptive and go out and grab them and say, no, you're part of us. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're in the veteran community, the veteran family. So. so as we continue this old grad podcast, I think we'll continue to sort of like make sure that this is known across our classmates. This is maybe one of the protective factors that creates some yeah, sort of communication. Um, you know, but but I, I, I didn't want us to not address this topic because it's such an important topic and so relevant to our class. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to make sure that we don't dwell on it, right? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 there's also so many great things that we've got going on with our class and, and great accomplishments of our classmates and great events that we have and things to look forward to. So this is just something that we face into and we address as a class because that's just who we are, because we are exceptional. And we will be the number one most generous class in the history of West Point because we're, we're driving towards that 91% uh, towards our, our class giving goal, which is the whole genesis for, for, for this whole podcast. Well, I commend you for having a conversation. Yeah, I thank you. And, I, and I'm, I'm very grateful for you for you doing this here. And that's part of the reason why we moved the Old Grad Podcast up here to 91 headquarters, because you're up here in Cornwall. Mm -hmm. And so while I would have liked to stay down in D.C. and interview somebody down there, I thought, you know, given the fact that this opportunity to have you up here and also have you, it made sense to... To make this happen down in for DC you. on Tuesday, if you want to interview me. You just like the the ninety one headquarters. Spot. I do. Yeah. This, this, this is, 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 is so. We keep on yeah. saying we can bring in people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like it, Holly. I love it. 
Yeah, this is, this is a great spot. Want to put your helmet back on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, should I tell the helmet story? That's a good one. That's yes, go ahead. Put, tell, tell the helmet story. story. Tell us the helmet story. Wearing, <laughs> while you're wearing it, Pete, go tell the helmet story. This, this is actually Easy Pete's helmet. That was that's not, why he was wearing that was not, it. No, but you, but you contributed it. No, no, no. You that's the West helmet. Exactly. It's the West helmet, but you contributed it to the 91 headquarters. So tell me the story about this so uh, if you haven't been to uh, Apollo's, oh, sorry for the time. Yes, there you go. Because we can't you take you seriously unless you were worried. Exactly. Yes, exactly. If you haven't been to the Temple of Apollo in Greece, you got to go. It's a bucket list thing. You go up there and you realize that uh, people came from all over civilization to go up there to ask Apollo these questions. And they would use all sorts of high tech in those days, which was like steam and the temple and stuff. Whoa, look at this. You know, imagine like uh, Wizard of Oz type stuff. So, uh, so I go up and we do the whole tour and you look and you see like from just hundreds of miles around every direction. And I come down and there's a village like right, right kind of at the base of it. And I walk into the first door of the village and this helmet is right there in the front with the army colors. <laughs> And the whole helmet. Did you get the chills like like you did at Monkey Stadium? They said, I, I have, I have, I have to have this thing. Yeah. I have to have this thing. Yeah. So I just stopped, I look at it, and I grab it. I'm like, what the hell? Look at this thing. And uh, I said, Debbie, I have to get this. My wife. And she's like, why? What is it? It's like, don't you see it? Don't you see it? So I get it, I bring it back, and I had it home for a while. And then uh, after Army Navy, one of the years, Holly and I think Holly and Fitz. We're all coming back, and uh, and then it just struck me, and it's like, no, the West have to have this. Is <laughs> Apollo wants the helmet in ninety one headquarters? Exactly. Has to be here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Mark and Holly West are the keepers of the helmet. Yes. And uh, and it has been beating Navy for the last. You know, sprint football. Yes, it has. Sprint football. That's right. right. Mark has put it on oh many times God. after Army Navy victories. <laughs> nice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Mark just had an Army Navy victory not too long ago. Yes. I congratulated you on the last podcast, but since we're here, we should. We should. Well, so you. So you. So you were down seven nothing, right? Yeah. And you you yeah. came up, made it seven seven. Yeah. And then I then I down lost. Fourteen I lost seven. Came 14. back, tied it up fourteen all. And then, and then the I got the ball, got the ball back uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, offense uh, put together about a six and a half minute drive to uh, get a field goal, take the lead uh, with about four minutes to go. The defense held on for the win. Nice. So, yeah, it was it was a typical Army Navy battle. It was. It was a great game, and I'm just you know, obviously glad we came out. What a great time, way so. to finish two for Key, and that's yeah. that's what I thought. It was too. awesome. It was yeah, really yeah. yeah, and so, it was the first. It, the cool thing was was that Mark's game was the first Army Navy Star Series of the year for any of the sports. Oh, good, yeah. So they were kind of kicking it off, a little pressure, um, yeah. but set they the kicked tone. it off right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Had to set the tone exactly. So uh, we have Army Air Force coming up here, right? So that's going to be here at uh, is it November fourth? November third. November third. Big tailgate. Big tailgate here. It's coming. Yeah. Just coming. Easy cool. coming. I'll Everyone's welcome. Just yep. let me know. Yep, and so it's going to be a good event here. Maybe we'll Roast get some the li live feed of uh, of that uh, thing here. Yeah. Like that one, so. <laughs> right, the party's down at Mills North. Uh, the tailgate's down at Mills North, and then the after party will be right here. Mm -hmm. ah. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. 
Big I also want to thank Jamie Schleck. I mean, this guy. Yes, this is awesome. Jamie! Woo! This guy. Good work, Jamie. Now, it's it's been fun Good doing this. So we'll we'll keep doing them. We'll keep doing them. You're like, a natural, by it's the way. A, it's amazing <laughs> how quickly the time goes too. And so, um, we have I I I can tell you that we're going to do the next podcast at Carlisle Barracks, and there's about seven or eight other classmates lined up after that. So I'm trying to figure out the sequencing. So looking forward to it. It's going to be mm -hmm. it's going to be really great. And I appreciate any feedback from anybody in terms of ways to improve the podcast or topics for us to, to be further addressing. This whole suicide topic is one that yeah. came up through suggestions and it's something that we are facing into. But, um, you know, there's other, there's other better things that we also want to address as well. And um, thanks, everybody, for joining us, right? Any last right. things? Any last-minute stuff from you, Easy oh, Pete? Last-minute thing. I think Jamie Schleck Rocket. Is that uh, the, <laughs> 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 right. Hopefully I won't screw it up. Yeah. All right. How do the lights feel? Wait, wait, wait. I get a Darby 10-miler. I, mean, I can be, I, know, I can, my lights are killing me. Right. Boom! Ah! You spay rah-rah, you spay rah-rah, hoo-rah, hoo-rah, army rah! Team, team, team! Yay! Duty shall be done. Duty shall be done. Thank you. Thanks for doing this, <laughs> oh buddy. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good job, guys. Appreciate well done, it. Good job. Yeah. All right, so we... See everybody next time. Mm -hmm. Share with your friends. God bless 91 and God bless America. <laughs> <laughs>